At the beginning of this calendar year, you may recall how of all the different facets of what we are as a church, who we are as a church, of what it means to be a church community, one of the components, one of the areas that I wanted to focus on was the area of prayer. And to do that intentionally, to set aside particular explicit time And at the beginning of the year, I thought this might be a a nice practice to try out, but to try once a quarter to spend extended amount of time praying uh, before the Lord and to the Lord. If you remember from last week, let me just ask you out of curiosity, how many of y'all remember what I thought was the main point? Does anybody remember that? Without looking at your notes, some of you have notes in your, uh, anybody remember? It's okay if you don't, just out of curiosity, see how many of you are that sharp, that um, if I wasn't right in front of me, maybe I wouldn't have remembered either. I wrote it down. But last week, the main kind of main point was work hard while you wait. Right? We are longing, we are looking forward to our king, the true king, to come back. And in the meantime, God has called us to work hard. And what does that mean? It means to be faithful steward of what he has given us. To be faithful with what he's entrusted to our care. And I hope you know that when you come here on Sunday morning, I hope you have not come to be entertained. Because if that was your aim, you should have stayed home and watched Netflix. There's much more entertaining things than to be here and just to soak up whatever we do here on Sunday morning. We don't come here to be entertained, but in part, part of the reason we come here is to work, believe it or not. Because as Christians, oftentimes I think of the book of Ephesians chapter 6, 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Christian life is likened to the life of a soldier. We're called to march on, to work hard, to look forward, to march ahead, with the weight, with the strength, with the ammunition, if you will, of God's truth and of God's Word. We haven't come in life to just coast to be comfortable. We have come to charge ahead, to march forward with God's kingdom purposes. So to work hard while we wait. And you may have heard of Oswald Chambers before, well known for writing that uh, devotional book, My Utmost for His Highest. And in that book, he, there's a well-known saying that you may have heard before, and it's, prayer does not equip us for greater works, but rather prayer is the greater work. And sometimes we think, you know, I just need to go on my knees so that way I can have strength to do X, Y, and Z. There's nothing wrong with that. But he's reminding us there, and as Jesus reminds us often throughout the Gospels, that prayer is indeed the greater work. It is the most important work that you and I can do as Christians, to be on our knees before the Lord. E.M. Bounds, another man who wrote a wonderful book on prayer, he also said, No man can do a great and enduring work for God who is not a man of prayer. Let me repeat that again. No man can do a great and enduring work for God who is not a man of prayer. And no man can be a man of prayer who does not give much time to praying. So that's what we do here on Sunday mornings. Uh, Of course we pray every Sunday, but once a quarter, I want us to explicitly spend time in prayer before the Lord. And um, so to do this, I'm going to be over there kneeling. And um, if you'd like to kneel at your seat, like to kneel up front, kneel at the the benches alongside me, you're welcome to do so. And I'm going to have a few different prayer points that are going to guide us, guide our time together, and, uh, and then at the end of it all, we will have a culmination and celebration of 
the Lord's table together uh, as we pray together through that and as we partake of that. So um, take a moment to, to get prepared as prepare your heart and mind and we'll jump right into it. Our Father, as we enter into Thy house of prayer and close behind us the doors to our earthly tasks, we would pray for a blessing and infilling of Thy Spirit. Enlarge our vision and show us the path of righteousness. We come in penitence, seeking to know what is good. In Christ's dear name we pray. Amen. Will you join me all together as we pray the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. tells us to be still and know that I am God. So take a couple of minutes to simply be still, to be in the presence of God.
Colossians 3, verses 13 to 14 tell us, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. As you and I have just prayed in the Lord's Prayer, we acknowledge and realize that the Lord has forgiven us of so much. So take some time now asking the Spirit for the power to forgive those who have sinned against you. For the people in your life who have wronged you, ask the Lord to give you the grace, the release to forgive them. And also, pray for that person that God might save them, God might restore them to themselves, that God would cleanse them, and that God would bring about a reconciliating work amongst all people. Take some time to ponder the forgiveness of God and pray for forgiveness for those who have wronged you. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at the proper time. Take some moment to pray for the leaders of our country. Pray for President Biden, Vice President Harris, and statewide Governor Yunkin. Before you ever complain about anyone, 
pray for a person twice. Pray for our leaders. Because it's easy to slander. It's easy to complain. We pray that God would give them wisdom. That they would follow His leading. Pray that they would serve God. That they would revere Him in His words. In their words and actions. They would lead in humility. That the Lord would cleanse their hearts and bring them to Himself. Take a moment to pray for our leaders. Prayer from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 to 23. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be head over everything for the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. Take a moment now to pray for Hillsboro Baptist Church. Pray that we as a congregation would have unity amid diversity.
Pray that we as a church will have an ever-growing and an ever-increasing hunger for the Word of God. Pray that the Spirit would prepare us for persecution. That we would be reminded that we are called to love and not curse those who persecute us. Pray that giving in all its forms, financially, regarding our time, our strength, our energy, pray that giving would be faithful as well as joyful, consistent, and sacrificial amongst those who come. Pray that we as a church would be a church that practices hospitality, both in this building and in our homes. Pray that we will always be a church that is anchored in the truth of God's Word. That by being anchored in His Word, we will not sway to the winds of the culture. Pray that we would be anchored in His Word.
pray for a love for the lost. That we will be intentional in sharing good deeds with those who don't know Jesus personally. That we'll also be intentional about verbally sharing the truth as the occasion presents itself. Pray that a deeper love for the lost will be grown in this church. Take some time now to pray for our missionary partners whom we support. Pray for Seth and Camilla as they transition to Costa Rica. Pray for Kelsey who is serving in North Africa. That she will be able to build community for open doors to share the gospel in that closed region of the world. Pray for Brother Donald and Becky in Mexico. That they would love their kids well and that they would train up other leaders with passion, and with patience. Pray for our missionary partners. Lastly, concerning the church, pray for your neighbor, either sitting next to you or near you. Pray that God would bless them, that God would guide them, God would touch them, God would heal them, that the Lord would comfort them. Pray for the neighbor who is sitting near you. Prayer of praise by David from 1 Chronicles 29, verses 10 to 13. Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. 
You are the ruler of all things. In Your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give You thanks and praise Your glorious name. Jesus asked a couple of His disciples in Mark 10, verse 36, and as He asked on several occasions, what do you want Me to do for you? If Jesus were to ask you that directly, what would you say? What are you asking God to do that only He can do? Take a moment to bring your personal request to Him. However small, however insignificant, however big and great and overwhelming they might be, bring it to God in prayer. Psalm 116, verse 12. What shall I return to the Lord for all His goodness to me? 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 13. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your holy name. As we've asked God for a lot today, Take some time now to simply say thanks for who He is, for what He's done, the many blessings He's showered upon your life, and for the many places from which He's delivered you and carried you through. Take some time to simply say thank you to our Lord. Final prayer from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21, before we partake of the Lord's Supper. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power 
together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. heard me say these things before, but I'll say them again because there's truth in them. When we work, we work. When we pray, God works. And I want this to be a church where God does in fact work. And also, it's usually an adage that's reserved for couples or um, spouses, but I, I do believe it applies here in this context. Church that prays together stays together. So let's be a church that's always on our knees together. So let's conclude our time by sharing the Lord's Supper. Jesus instituted this ordinance for us, for our blessing, for our benefit, so that we might be reminded of who He is, of what He came to do, that we might be reminded of the forgiveness and healing you and I now have today. But He also instituted it so that we as a church could be unified together. Because if you didn't find that, communion is by definition very communal. It's meant to be shared with God's people. Communion is a time in which we publicly declare to one another by partaking of the elements, Jesus is my King. He is the Lord of my life. I can call Him Father because I've been adopted into His family as His child. We declare that publicly by partaking because this is a very public event. So today, in light of that, If you are not a believer, if you are not a Christian, I ask that you please refrain and you simply observe. And I hope you know that what's more important than simply fitting in by walking up here in just a moment, what's far more important than that is that your soul be restored to God and that your own heart be cleansed within. That happens through repentance and through faith. If you have questions about what that means, what it looks like to do that, please talk to me afterwards, and I'd be glad to to share more with you. But as is customary, I'd like to read the text from 1 Corinthians to situate our hearts and minds. From 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and 11. As I read, I invite you to come through the middle, grab an element, and then you can return to your seats. And then we'll proceed from there. But as I begin reading, I invite you to come for those of you who confess Christ as Lord and Savior. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, 
This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the body that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's have a moment of silence to reflect upon Christ. And then we'll have a communion meditation and then we'll partake together. This is the day most holy to the hungry soul, that from worldly cares would be freed. This is the day most sacred to those who worship the great Jehovah, regardless of creed. This is the Lord's day. This is the house built by sacrificial gifts of those who yearn for fellowship sweet. This is the house, the sanctuary of the holy, where God has promised his saints to meet. This is the Lord's house. This is the table about which we gather to commemorate the world's greatest sacrifice. This is the table bearing the memorial emblems of him who by his death paid the great price. This is the Lord's table. So on this blessed Lord's day, let us come into his house, the sanctuary of of our God. And from his table with contrite hearts, eat and drink at the fountain of his word. On the Lord's day, at the Lord's table, in the Lord's house. The body of Christ, which is broken for you. The blood of Christ poured out for you.
is Matthew 26, verse 30. tells us when Jesus first did this with his followers. After they had partaken of this meal, they closed out their time together by singing a hymn. So if you will, in conclusion, I invite you to stand with me as we sing the doxology together. <laughs> 